Well, we are working um, through the Lord's Prayer, and um, we're going to be this morning in, in um, Matthew chapter 6, if you'll turn there. Uh, one thing that we, we did last week and I'd like to continue doing as we work through this is, is to uh, recite it together. Um, but let's turn to it in case I uh, forget the words and, and say it wrong, because when you grow up in Protestant tradition, you don't recite the Lord's Prayer nearly as often as... Um, <coughs> As you would otherwise. So, um, Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 9. Let's read it together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. <clears throat> oh yeah, if you're in Luke, for, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Oh wait, I see. It's some manuscript includes. Got it. I've got it in the footnote. <clears throat> uh, if, yeah, if you see in your Bibles, that's probably in brackets. Is it? Oh, so, some Bibles will have that, in, that last part in brackets because some have it, some don't. But... It was in there anyway. Um, well, as, we, as we've been studying the Lord's Prayer, um, it, this has been a... And for me, it's the first time I've preached through it, and so it's been a, a challenging... And I don't mean that it's necessarily been... That it's been so difficult to preach through. It's just it has challenged me personally as we've, um, as we've gone through this. And, and as, I've, as I've spent a lot of time thinking about it, as I was um, shop-backing water out of our church this week... Thanks, Joel. Thanks, Scott and uh, Taylor, who's over at another church. Uh, yeah, big thanks to uh, Christ Community, who lent us one of their pastors to uh, help mop up water this week. I'm real thankful he got out of dirty duty for that. Um, but as we, as I thought about this this verse a lot this week, and, and just kind of was chewing on it, as they say, and meditating on this. Um, so next week's next week's verses in the Lord's Prayer are the ones dealing with forgiveness, and um, this week we are actually just going to cover verse eleven. I thought I would cover more than that, and by the time I got done with verse eleven, I was like, "Well, that's a whole sermon." Plus, we got baptisms to do this week. Um, <clears throat> give us this day. Our daily bread. There is so much in that phrase, and I realize this may not be all new to you, but it is worth our consideration as we as we consider some of the implications of of this. Not not only just the phrase, but that Jesus instructed us to pray this. When we zoom out and look at the, the the placement of this phrase in the Lord's Prayer, you will notice that it comes after the phrase. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It is noteworthy that Jesus teaches us to ask for what God wants before we ask for what we want or what we think we need. That's challenging to me because so often our prayers, I know for me, so often my prayers go straight into my laundry list of things that's usually as long as my arm. 
of things I would really like God to do for me. Now, I, I often take care that you know the things that I'm asking of the Lord are things that He would want. I, I pray for our church. I pray that we would be able to reach our community. I, I pray for individuals in our church. Yes, I pray for you. And and yet, I go straight to the things on my list and hope they're also specifically on God's list. Um, but Jesus trains us to ask for God's will to be done perfectly here on earth. That our plans would be in perfect submission to His will before we come to Him with our wants and needs. I know I probably seem really emotional. I'm actually just super tired. We're getting ready to leave for a, a two-week trip. And we've spent too many late nights, and uh, I think the crepe myrtle pollen is making my eyes water like crazy, so I'm not crying nearly as much as it seems like I am. Um, but I got thinking about this, give us this day, just kind of this phrase in context of the whole Lord's Prayer, and it occurred to me, the first phrase in the Lord's Prayer is, like we talked about last week, acknowledging God's rightful place. His position in our lives as Father and we His children. And as we were gathering our our kids for dinner one evening, I realized that as a kid, and I can sometimes fall into this. You know, I'm getting ready to go visit my family, and I'm going to be honest for the for the nights that I'm there, I'm I'm giving zero thought to meal planning. I'm not involved in meal planning really at home anyway. Although I did go pick up the pizza yesterday. So I feel like I was kind of involved in that. Um, but that's about the extent of my involvement most of the time in meal planning. Now, I can make anything as long as it's eggs or pasta. I can boil as long as it's just pasta that gets sauce on it. If it's like three things going at once. Yeah, anyway, um, sometimes sometimes I have a hard time boiling water. Um, but then I figured out it just doesn't wa- it, it won't boil if you watch it. So I start it going and then go do other things and then wonder why the noodles are soggy. But anyway, so it's actually best that I'm not involved in a lot of meal planning or preparation. But I, I've no, I was, as I was thinking about it, you know, when I sit down at, at the table at my parents' house, which anymore is not very often, but when I do, I realize that I sit down and ex- like I just expect to be fed and cared for with, with my mom's home cooking. You know, that, that I look forward to, and it's not because I don't get good home cooking at home. Right? I just want to be clear, I'm not trying to spend the next two weeks in the doghouse, but um, it's some great cooking at home. But, you know, there's just there's comfort in that. I mean, there's comfort when Kara's mom comes and visits and, and cooks. Like, I used to love that because she'd make pies and, like, all kinds of stuff when she'd be here. But, but I find that I sit down at that table having given no thought... In the days or even hours, as the as the meal was being prepared, I'm doing whatever else, hanging out with my brothers, catching up, conversations, out in the yard with the nieces and nephews, maybe. Oh, it's dinner time. Come in, sit at the table, and I'm fed. And I thought of that in context, in the context of the Lord's Prayer, that we are bid, Jesus bids us as children. To look to our Father for our daily bread. 
in the way that a child sits down at the table, not having worried about whether or not we have milk for the cereal, or, I mean, now, granted, if the kids go to get themselves a bowl of cereal and find out there's no milk, there may be disappointment. Or, I don't know, maybe that makes them happier because then they can sit on the couch and eat it and not worry about spilling milk. But, but you know, the, the, the kids sit down to eat and, and like, they haven't, they haven't ever considered how we're going to pay for this food, hoping we have enough food, um, deciding, ah, I haven't been to the store and so we're, we're going to just make do with what we got in the pantry. What do we have? Okay, we'll throw this together. When the kids sit down at, the, at their parents' table, no thought has been given to those things, nor should there have been. A child looks to their parent for their daily bread with an expectation that they don't even realize they're doing. And I think that's the, it is so, it is such second nature, such second nature and such, um, and it's just so normal as a kid to give no thought to that. And, I, and, and that is, I believe, what Jesus is challenging us to do. I think he's hearkening back to other teaching that he gave about not being worried, not being anxious about what we will eat or what we will wear. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. There is this... It's not just expectation, it's faith. Faith is, according to Hebrews, assurance, the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. It's, it's this, it's this thing that I, I hope for and I, I expect to the extent that I, I'm not even worried about it. I'm trusting God for my, my daily bread and my, um, you know, my, my needs to be met so much so that it, the thought that it might not be provided that never even crosses my mind. So when we pray to our Father, give us this day our daily bread, it is in some ways a reminder to us of where it comes from. We're not praying for it because, because if we don't, God might not provide it. I think that's important to recognize. We don't pray for our, our daily bread, our provision, because God's withholding that and waiting for us to pray for it so that He will give it to us. I, I think that that being in this prayer is a reminder to us. Remember, so often in prayer, who benefits? We do. And the benefit, that all of these are reminders to us as Christians, and we're reminded where our provision comes from. I got thinking about just the first two words. Um, all of this writing on my notes is just on give and us. Um, but I, I just was kind of camping out on this phrase, give us this day our daily bread. And I just wrote down, wrote down some thoughts for, for just the word give. The idea that we should earn God's sustaining provision is not only exhausting it would leave us hopeless. We would perish in our sins if not for grace. That's unmerited, unearned favor, if not for grace freely given from the righteous hand of God. These kind of small examples of, of what we call common grace. You see, God, God's provision to all of us, if not, if not for God providing our needs, we would literally die. 
And the Bible says that God causes rain to fall on the righteous and the unrighteous. There are examples of God, what we call common grace that are common to all men, um, all people everywhere, not just, not just those that would identify as his children. God, God's blessings, God's blessings that, that you can plant, well, not, you don't really plant corn down here. I always go to corn, but that's a Midwest thing. Um, you know, if, if you plant, what do they plant down here? Strawberries. Sure. You plant strawberries. Um, God's going to cause it to rain somewhere starting around June and unceasingly until, you know, mid-September. It's, it's going to rain and those strawberries are going to grow because God makes them grow. Whether the farmer believes in God or not, that is the created order. And that is an example of God's common grace that is common to all men. And these, these small examples of common grace are part of what draws us to the Father. They help, us, they help establish that He is a God who gives. It's a foundational truth if we are to believe the Gospel that He gave His only Son to save the world. Salvation through the blood of Christ is much more than our daily bread, but it is similarly necessary for our survival and no less a gift. When we establish that God is a God who gives and we recognize that all the way down to our basic provision all comes from the hand of the Father, it helps us better grasp the gift of salvation. He has already given so much. If, if we go through life believing that we have to earn any bit of blessing and any bit of, of favor that we get from God, it warps our ability to understand and believe the gospel. The gospel that Jesus came and took our place and died on the cross and shed his blood to secure our pardon, that is and has to be a gift freely given. Because if we had to earn it, it would not be possible for us to ever acquire it. None of us could ever earn any part of our salvation. And so that whole concept of gifts, undeserved, unearned gifts received from the Father is so foundational to the Christian faith. Give us this day our daily bread. Us is the next word. While our relationship with God is personal, it is not exclusive. I don't mean that we're free to love and worship other gods, but that as God's child, I am not an only child. Our Father, give us our daily bread. Lead us not into temptation. We pray to God individually, but also collectively. It should be that when we lift our own needs to the Father, we are immediately aware that our brothers and sisters share the same needs, as well as share the same loving Father. And we should be moved to pray unselfishly on their behalf. In similar fashion, the resurrected Jesus, the firstborn from the dead among many brethren, sits at the right hand of the Father and intercedes on our behalf. There is so much focus in our culture today on individualism, in living, oh man, I hate this phrase, living 
your truth? Jesus said, I am the truth. Not me, Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And another place in scripture, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. That is a reference to Christ. Not your truth and my truth and his truth and her truth and their truth. Oh, don't get me started on the butchering of the English language. But there is so much focus on individualism and who, who or what I decide that I declare myself to be or aspire to be. No, we are who God created us to be. There is a definitive, authoritative truth that is found only in God's word. And it's so important that we realize that that truth applies universally. Universally, it applies to me. It applies to you. It applies to you. It applies to believers down the street and unbelievers across town. It applies to everyone equally and without bias. The justice and wrath of God we are all equally deserving of. And the mercy and grace and salvation of God is equally available to all. The truth of God's word is universal. And so while God... God hears and sees and knows your individual issues and your individual problems and the very specific small things, the concerns deep in your heart that you've never even voiced to anyone else. God knows those things. Yet it is so important, I believe, for us, especially as part of the body of Christ, to acknowledge we're not alone in this. Not only should we not just pray for ourselves to the exclusion of all others. We should pray for our own needs and those of others around us. But it also helps us to acknowledge and recognize that the things we go through, we are not alone. God has, in His divine wisdom and providence, given us His Spirit. But He has also given us one another. He has given us the body of Christ. He has, he has supernaturally given the body of Christ. Every believer has been regenerated and transformed into a new creation and given spiritual gifts. And when you look at all of the spiritual gifts mentioned in the Bible, you do realize that none of them can be effectively exercised outside of being part of a committed body of believers. The spiritual gifts given to individual believers are for the purpose of building the church, the, the collective gathered body of Christ. That's, that's kind of a whole other message that we're, we're not necessarily getting into, but, but this focus, even in the Lord's Prayer, on the collectivism of the body is important for us to acknowledge. That even in the spiritual gifts that God gives us at salvation, even those are for the body. The next phrase, this day. There's a, another passage in, in, in Scripture here where, where Jesus is teaching and he says, um, I thought I had it marked and I, I guess I don't, but 
that's okay. Uh, we just we just actually taught on it not that long ago, where, where he, and I referenced it where he's talking about he's really talking about anxiety, and he's I'm going to spill that. Um, he's saying. You know, don't be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about what you will eat, what you will wear. You know, look at, consider the lilies of the field. You know, I tell you, they are, they are clothed in, like even Solomon in all his splendor was not clothed like one of these. And yet, they're here today and dried up and thrown into the fire tomorrow. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. There is a moment-by-moment dependence on God's, on God's sustenance, His sustaining provision. I think of the, the song, I, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour, I need you. This reminder that we... we like the, the Lord's Prayer says, give us this day our daily bread, but we, we could say, give us this hour. Uh, I mean, some of us... Some of us would eat, you know, all day long, and so this, this, but it's not, it's not just about that. It's about our, what sustains us, what carries us through is always God's provision. And we think back to, we actually, we, we just, we just taught on this and, and just had some teaching on the, the, um, the manna in the wilderness that God provided to his people. This is clearly a reference to that, our daily bread. It was a, a daily provision that was, that was given to the, the, the nation of Israel as they wandered in the wilderness. They would wake up every morning and there was this, like, cornflakes or, you know, some kind of cereal sort of stuff, like, stuck to everything. Like, if you imagine the dew, which, man, I, I thought I knew before moving to Florida what dew could be like. Like I had heard, you know, guys like Ken Ham, like creation science people, you know, talk about like, you know, very likely before the flood, it just, it didn't rain, like God watered everything with the dew. And I'm thinking to myself, even trees? Come on. Like, that's a lot of water. And then I walked outside, um, in the grass on a morning in July in Florida and realized that is actually enough water to water everything. <clears throat> but instead of water stuck to everything, it was like, some puffed pastry. Man, that's, can you imagine? Never mind. This is, the, this is the kind of thing dreams are made of. But just walk out with some icing, you know, and you've got a bakery. It's awesome. Uh, born and bread would be out of business. But, man, those cruffins are no joke. But there, that provision from God was daily. And not just that he provided it daily, but it, it, God made it such that it did not keep to the next day except for the Sabbath day. It was one day a week that it would not spoil overnight. They could cook it, they could prepare it however they needed, but, but God purposely wanted to teach them, and as, as we, we looked at that, that week when we taught on that, we looked at this, a quote from Charles Spurgeon where he talks about, you know, God chose to teach them that this nation of slaves that was being made into a great nation and taught them through their food, which is a powerful lesson. Um, but teaching them to depend on him and trust him by making it so that this wouldn't keep from one day to the next. And did they listen? Not at first. People tried to hoard a bunch of it, and what did they have in the morning? A pile full of rotting bread-like stuff with worms in it. 
which is really gross. Um, I learned firsthand this week that um, finding living things moving in places you don't expect to find living things moving is not a pleasant experience. Um, but I wasn't going to eat that. But <clears throat> anyway, the, the, just the, the concept of our daily bread, the concept, of, and we talked about this a little bit already, but just that, just that it's God didn't provide for you today and then he's going to forget about you tomorrow. It's so important. I, I think of I think of the example of, of, of Hagar and, you know, Hagar having been sent away from Abraham's household with her with her young teenage son, Ishmael. Out into the wilderness, no family to return to. Her family was back in Egypt. She couldn't get there. And so she was just out there. No, you know, the water ran out and they hadn't found any more. And she put Ishmael under a tree, and she went far, she went, you know, kind of a stone's throw away because she couldn't bear to watch the child die. She couldn't bear to watch him die of thirst. And she cried out to God, and God heard her. And God provided for their needs and, and made Ishmael into a great nation as well. God's ability to provide, God doesn't remember you one day and forget you the next. You can trust God for His sustaining provision every single day. He will provide. In most, pretty much all the time. Don't you find He provides for you whether you trusted Him for it or not? We may think that, that we've taken it into our own hands and well sometimes I provide my own provision but sometimes God, you know, sometimes I get in a bind and God provides for me. No. No. It's all from God's hand all the time. And it, this part of the Lord's Prayer reminds us of that truth and reminds us to always look there. Another thing that bears note, give us this day our daily bread. This is what will sustain us. Daily bread is not the kind of thing that's going to make you into some sort of a hedge fund manager someday. That doesn't mean that, that God doesn't bless some people you know, with great wealth. Uh, he, he blessed many members of his nation Israel with great wealth. And I'm not talking about, you know, it's not a reference to, you know, Jewish bankers. This is a reference to uh, like Abraham. Abraham didn't even, like back then, if you didn't have kids, you were not wealthy. Abraham didn't have kids till he was like a hundred years old and was incredibly wealthy because God had blessed him. But the provision we receive from God is not, this is not some, some conduit to our heavenly rich uncle that's going to somehow help us get ahead in life. This is what we need, what will sustain us. I want to remind us again, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and give us this day our daily bread. God, your will, your will first. Place me wherever in your plan I ought to be, whether that's on the mission field or whether that's the one funding the one on the mission field or anything in between. God, place me in the center of your will and sustain me.
powerful reminders from the Lord's Prayer. We're not alone in this. We are God's, chi- we are God's children. None of us is an only child. And the provision that comes from God's hand is freely given, just like salvation is freely given. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, God, we are humbled by the truth in your word, humbled even by the density of it, that in one small phrase there can be so much of your truth connected to it. God, that was no accident on your part. You gave us this template of a prayer. And in it contains so many reminders that we need every single day for the Christian life. God, thank you that you are our Father. Thank you for your grace and your mercy in our lives. I was thinking this week of the challenge you give in the book of Micah to do justice And yet love mercy. Only you are the righteous judge. Only you can be perfectly just and perfectly merciful. Those two things seem impossible with us. But God, thank you for the grace that you have shown us. Thank you for the gift of salvation that we celebrate this morning with baptism. God, we pray for our community. There are many more. In a very, in a, within a very small radius, radius of our church that have yet to know you. I pray that you would cross our paths with them. Bless the ministry of not just this church, but the individuals in it. Pray that you would bless each one as we seek your will first. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.